Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 432 of this podcast that we have done 432 times. Good grief. Uh, I'm Chad Dotson, uh, back again uh, to talk about this, uh, the greatest baseball team in the history of... Uh, I can't even do it. Nate, Nate's with us. Nate, how are you? <laughs> Chad, Chris, I am great. It's uh, against you know all odds and despite all the evidence it's, it's it's great to be here talking baseball with you guys i do enjoy this even though it seems like people are conspiring to take that joy away from me but hey glad to be here he says people conspiring he's talking about me uh, also with us back again uh chris garber how are you chris chris <laughs> so i'm supposed to unmute when i come on the air <laughs> oh that's the idea professional professional there we go anyway this i'm doing well i'm i'm doing Good. well i'm not watching the cincinnati reds all that much so i'm doing well. so you are doing well it's nice to get some fresh eyes on the perspective here <laughs> tell me about this team boys <laughs> tell me about your reds. favorite baseball team well they've lost seven and nine the reds uh let's just Dig through what they did in the last week. They, of course, played the Braves and the Mets. Uh, lost two out of three to the Atlanta Braves. Lost two out of three against the Mets. And lost the first game. We're recording this on Thursday, obviously. They lost the first game of a doubleheader today, evidently, when I uh, for, forgot the Reds were playing and uh, got a notification on my phone that they had already lost. I didn't even know they were playing. They already so that's lost. Exciting. <laughs> so what do you think, guys? Lost seven or nine? Yeah, I uh, lost five of seven since the last time we got together. Um, the Braves, you know, losing two out of three, whatever. They're good. Losing I, two out of three I, to the Mets. I just checked. That'll happen. I just checked the Reds' website to see about this Pirates game you just mentioned, and it just says, Reds look to rebound. Jeff Hoffman takes the mound. <laughs> it's like, well, you can you can look all you want, but I'm not sure that's the answer. What was funny is, yes, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Hoffman is starting game number two of the doubleheader against the Pirates today, but between games, uh, they, they talked to David Bell after the Reds lost the first one, and the question was asked, David Bell, manager of a professional sports franchise, who is <laughs> going to be your starting pitcher in game two of this doubleheader today in the middle of Ju uh, July in a season of a professional sports league? Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know who's starting. I, we just we don't know. In between games, they didn't know who was going to start. Um, they ultimately decided on Jeff Hoffman. How, you know, how does a team, first of all, now Aramis Garcia, who's barely a major league catcher, is on the injured list. They have no major league catchers now, literally no major league catchers on the on the on the roster. And they can't even <laughs> they only have enough starting pitchers that in I mean, we're, we're early July. How why is this driving me so insane? I guess maybe it's the better question. They've got this 40-man roster, and it's obvious the team is no good, right? We've, we've established that the 2022 Reds are terrible. But in all that mess of junk, like this junk drawer of a baseball team, they can't find a rubber band of a catcher and a paper clip of a guy who can start a game on a doubleheader. Like, it's all erasers and thumbtacks in there. 
It's 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 really you know um, yes they're bad we knew they were going to be bad they're worse than we thought they were going to be worst uh, first half of a season since 1934, evidently, um, which that's even before my time. It's well, we knew they were going to be bad, but it, <laughs> these things like we don't have enough pitchers and we don't have enough catchers. This is the stuff that just wears me out because this is supposed to be a professional franchise, and while we try to laugh about it and joke around every week, it's really it's malpractice and it's. Nate, uh, bring us back from the, the, the brink here. Well, we got a lot of baseball ahead of us here. Nate, that is not, that's, that's not reassuring. <laughs> well, you, have, you, you, have to fi- you have to find something that's to root for. That's a selling point, Nate. That's you a have threat. to find something to root for. <laughs> and I, I dove through the data, and I found something that we can, we can rally behind for the rest of this season. You know, the Reds were playing a better brand of baseball for a little while there. They kind of fooled us into thinking they might be competent. But since then, it's been mostly bad. And I got to say, the 1982 Reds record of 61 and 101 is back in play. We could <laughs> go for worst Reds team of all time. And you know what? If you're going to cheer for something, you know, be, be legendary. Be great. Dare to be great. <laughs> you got to cheer for something, and it's going to be Donovan Solano. Donovan Solano hit a home run today, Garber. How dare you? Yeah, Evidently, it's going to be the box score. I mean, it's time to time to open up the books and uh, redo the big fifty. I guess. <laughs> just take just take chapters out. Don't edit anything. Just remove some chapters. Like this big team no longer deserves fifty. <laughs> the, the big, big forty-three. <laughs> David Bell kind of oh. looked like a hostage victim in that post-game presser. He was struggling so hard to try to make, you know, put a positive twist on it. Did you hear him say, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Like it's a challenge to figure this whole thing out. Well, it's another weird way. Getting, getting, <laughs> getting better, better in a really weird, weird way. way. They also brought up Robert Duggar, assuming, you know, to participate in this game. Is that a person? Why, why not start him over Jeffrey Hoffman? Well, first of all, because he's Robert Duggar. Jeffrey Hoffman. I think I went Jeffrey to jail. <laughs> that's, I think that's a different Duggar, I think. Um, I don't I know. Maybe, maybe they weren't sure he was going to make it to Cincinnati in time. I don't know. They just called him up. I don't know what this team's doing. This team they, doesn't know what they're doing. You guys, I'm just looking at this Reds roster for the first time in a long time, and the the obscure uh, former Reds account is going to just go ape. There's a guy named Mike Papierski. That's one of the uh, supposed major league catchers. Yes, Chris has been on vacation, and he, so he's missed the entire Mike. How do you pronounce the name? Papierski era. He's missed the Ian entire Gibbo. Uh, Ian Gibbo. Gibbouts. Gibbo. Gibbo. I think. Gibbo hey, had a good out. Had a good outing in game one. He's another hefty boy. I'm rooting for the hefty boys this season. <laughs> he's a big he old came, boy. They still have I Hunter know. Strickland and Ross Detweiler. Yeah, Hunter Strickland's a closer I'm like, now. I'm like Red Red Van Winkle right now. I'm just like amazed that all these guys are still on the team. Yeah, Hunter has been named the Reds' closer. Like, not just de facto. He's like, no, you've, you've got the role. You've earned it. Well, and I think he's blown a save every outing since that he was named closer. It's uh, ex- exciting to watch. Oh, mercy. Who cares about naming closers now? Just fantasy people? Probably. And Roselle Iglesias. <laughs> he, may, he may throw sunflower seeds if you don't name him <laughs> closer. Just, I'm sorry. This is brutal. That, uh, 
that uh, David Bell video, if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it is, uh, it, it is kind of a hostage video. And he's like, I, I don't know, we're just, we're going to try to make things happen, whatever. But I feel bad for the guy. He's not a good manager. I think what's clear at this point, he's not a good manager. But my goodness, he has been given nothing to work with. You know, people scream at him still every night when he puts in, you know, Hunter Strickland. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> what's he going to do? You know, so, um, but what can they, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy in some ways, but on the other hand, you know, you're taking their money. You, you got to deal with, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, deal with this nonsense. I mean, I just, has again, I'm coming off of a, like, I'm literally out of the mountains to, to learn all this, but, has has the front office even tried to explain or rationalize their utter failure to supply David Bell with Major League Baseball players? Rationalize to who? What? Who are they going to try to rationalize it to? Well, every Nobody now and then, Nick Crawl. You know, Nick Crawl's good at talking, so sometimes he comes <laughs> out and talks. Yeah, but no, no one's asking those questions. Ah, yeah, right. Where are they going to go? He hasn't come out and done much bad talking lately everybody's just kind of hiding he's been hiding yeah uh, it just it is what it is right i mean the attendance is down the team stinks and apathy is set in tune in next episode for the river <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, yeah if, if people are still listening now are still tuned in uh you're the diehards and we would love you um there were a couple of good things that happened over the last week. So let's talk about, talk about that. Uh, first of all, Luis Castillo, just a, a gorgeous game. You know, the Reds were getting no hit. And this was against Atlanta, I believe last Saturday. And uh, Luis Castillo dueled him, uh, you know, every step of the way, seven innings, one earned run, struck out six, walked one. He's just, he's, he's looking fantastic. Hunter Strickland picked up the win there in that game after he uh, blew the save. Uh, and, 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 you know, vultured that win from Luis Castillo. But Luis Castillo is great. It's, uh, yeah, I guess that's a good thing if we're looking for good things. <laughs> He's been better than great. I think, uh, I think you might be right about Castillo being the Reds representative in the All-Star game. Um, he's kind of been on even a little a tear even for him. Got his ERA down to 309, um, already 2.1. Wins above replacement. I was looking at some of the uh, the projections for him. I know Zips gets weird, but he's projected to have a like a three point seven or below for the next three years. I think I'm fully on the keep Castillo and see if you can't lock him up for a few years. Train. I think what they should do is sign him to a uh, a contract for at least the next three or four years to a lot of money. That way, when the Reds suck every year, the fans will start blaming him instead of Votto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is, is it possible for the Reds to sign Castillo to a contract and then loan him out to a better team so that he doesn't have to suffer oh. through this for the next two or three years? And then, like, when the rebuild's over and the Reds are good again, they can have him come back? It's the, the European uh, football uh, model. Yeah. Yeah, let's just loan, loan a guy him. out. Send him out for a loan spell to uh, Aston Villa. <laughs> that work queens park rangers i don't know so um, who, yeah who is he gonna play for in in september is he gonna is he gonna be traded i mean do we think that are we are we there i don't i think everyone's gonna be traded even donovan solano i'm not even sure donovan solano? yeah i hope not 
<laughs> the Donovan Solano, Solano era just started. I don't want to be over so quickly. Um, I don't know, you know, the more I think about this, and, and uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I, I'm just, I'm not sure because I, given what happened in the offseason, the Reds panicked and went out and signed Mike Miner and Tommy Pham because the fans were mad and the fans are really mad now. Are they going to try, are they going to either go all in and say, well, nobody's coming to the games anyway, so let's just go all in and trade these guys? And, or are they going to, who knows? You just, I, I just don't have any clue what this incompetent front office is going to do. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah, our uh, our buddy Joe Farfsing, one of our uh, loyal patrons, which you can also be by going to patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, be a part of the family, blah, blah, blah. Um, Joe is the first person to kind of throw this theory out there, and I thought it was very, very uh, Reds-esque. They will not do something that might actually benefit the team because they're worried about the fan and media backlash with their already dwindling attendance that would just be the most Nick Carl Castellini situation that I could I could imagine yeah I I I don't know I think you you you're right Chad's ultimately right in calling them incompetent and there's just no rhyme or reason obviously they had two different strategies that were in conflict last offseason so for all I know they're going to trade for Archie Bradley in the next three weeks (laughs) Archie Bradley's hurt. We better not trade for. Well, they might. Yeah. Why not? Get him cheap. You were on vacation. Did you see Archie Bradley getting hurt? Did he get hurt in a fight? Well, kind sort of. of. <laughs> what happened, Nate? He was uh, trying to exit the dugout, and get to the fight, fell over the rail, and <laughs> hurt his elbow. <laughs> oh man, it's amazing. I, I, I just, at this point, I don't know what the Reds are going to do. Um, you know, I mean, if. if if, if there's a real strategy in place to really rebuild this franchise, then it makes sense to trade Castillo because he's he has more value than anyone else you've got. Uh, maybe not more than uh, than Hunter Green or those guys, but um, but he's a he's a real asset, so it makes sense to trade him. But because what well, we we saw last time with the Quatos and all those, they didn't trade him, waited too long to trade him, and ended up getting nothing for them. But on the other hand, I would just want him to hang on to Castillo because I like him because I have no faith that they're going to get real value for him or that it's going to lead to something better down the road. I'd rather just watch him pitch for the next, uh, you know, next year and a half, because I, I have no confidence that they're going to turn him into something that's going to make this organization better. I'm, I'm that jaded. I'm a jaded Reds fan. Yeah, pretty fair. They, uh, us Reds, you know, interweb people love throwing out our theories and our ideas of who the Reds are going to get and what they're doing and when they're going to be good again. We still haven't heard a peep from the front office about anything. We always say, oh, 2024, the Reds are going to be good. I've never heard anybody in the Reds front office say that that's the plan, is to compete in 2024. Like, they're just keep going on. We're getting better. You know, we like these guys. These are our guys. We got them because they're good. (laughs) It's disgusting. Tommy Pham says it right there. Just a couple guys away. (laughs) Yeah, they're right there. I uh, I did a spot on uh, WLW earlier this week, and that's that's what I said. Look, if they just would tell us what the plan is, maybe I'd buy into it. I mean, probably not because I don't trust any of them. But if they would just lay out for someone the plan. Uh, but, you know, I, is there any heat on any of these guys in the front office? I mean, I think uh, David Bell's there just because he's the guy that they're paying. Nick Crawl's there just because they don't, they don't want to pay someone else. I mean, it's um, – <laughs> this is the – 
I don't know that they're the most poorly run franchise in sports. That's probably not true, but man, they're they're up there. <sighs> they're yeah, and they're just they're just turtled up now from a public yeah. relations standpoint, right? They're just they're just in that defensive crouch and and not even trying to defend or excuse anything. They're just eating it. Just hibernating for the summer. That's how it's supposed <laughs> to go. Well, you know, now that school's out and the attendance is up. Yeah, right. Exactly. We'll talk more about attendance in a moment. One other, there was another good thing. Nicola Dolo came back. He returned and uh, pitched against the Mets. Had a really good uh, start in a game that the Reds won one to nothing. Um, he looked he, sharp uh, too, didn't he? He looked sharp. He, he, he didn't quite go five innings, but only gave three hits. Struck out eight. Uh, just looked uh, looked really good. So, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. I don't know. We're we're reaching here, but. Here, here's a, here's a, here's what. Go ahead, Nate. I say we can all agree that even as frustrating as the season's been so far, like we've got we've got the young arms. That's almost the only thing we have. So I'm gonna get yeah, pumped. Got- Lodolo, yeah, Lodolo comes back. He gets compared to Verlander by some people, Randy Johnson by Buck Showalter. Like it was, uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. No, he's. He's talented, and Hunter Green's talented, and Graham Ashcraft had a good bounce back start after Nate uh, jinxed him last week. Uh, so I mean, Sorry, all that's all that's good. Um, hmm. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one next. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm trying. Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something good. My uh, my son, as I mentioned last week, went to uh, with his buddies to uh, Great American Ballpark last Saturday. And they sat out in the bleachers in left field, and uh, they got a little rowdy, evidently. And um, well, one of one of uh, one of they were they were being loud in uh, in making comments in the direction the general direction of Tommy Pham. They get slapped. <laughs> well. You know, uh, one of my one of my son's buddies was constantly saying, "Ah, uh, Jock Peterson has three hits today. Where are you?" Things like that. You know, updating what's going on with Jock Peterson. And evidently, my my son says that uh, some security was sent down there to calm things down at one point because uh, Fam was uh, uh, was uh, giving him a mean mug. I guess uh, <laughs> I don't know. They were having a good time, so good for them. I I don't know. It, it I haven't had a good time at Great America. Good time. They did. It was 100 degrees, and they, uh, you know, they burned up. But uh, it's, it's always a good time at the old ball yard, right? I don't know. Absolutely. I haven't been in a while. Yeah, me either. All right. So uh, Jonathan Indy, I hurt his left ankle again, but he, I guess, he came back. Uh, I think he had a double in their game earlier today. That's something. Yeah, a couple. Tyler hits. Malley's. What's that? Two hits. The two hits in game one today. That's good, man. You know, we, we probably should talk about it just very briefly. Jonathan Indy has been bad. He's been really bad. Very I'm not bad. sure we need to analyze it any more than that. He'll be a good Yankee. <laughs> Come on. He and Luis Castillo. They package Castillo and India along with Mike Moustakis to get rid of that contract. I lost you, Chad. I was trying to talk with with mute my mic muted again. This is this is the 
This is the most amateurish podcast, and I, I apologize to everyone. This is uh, this is horrific. This, so t- Tyler Stevenson's back is what I was trying to say, or he will be mm. back. He's on his rehab assignment, supposed to be back Saturday or Sunday. Um, I, I guess that's good because we like watching him play. It, it might be nice to have him on the big league roster. <laughs> no, let's, let's have a couple more games in Louisville. We don't we don't need him. Um. Nixon Zell. Don't rush it. Don't rush it, right. There's no reason to rush it. Nixon Zell, I've got to say, two weeks ago I uh, was uh, unkind to Nixon Zell. He's now played 13 games since then. He has uh, reached base in all 13 of those games. Oh. He has hits in 12 of the 13. He's batting 442 in that span, 489 on base, 605 slugging, a couple homers, a double. Um, Nixon Zell is back. I mean, actually, he's whoa, here for the whoa. first time. Yeah. Let's, let's, not to, Chris, uh, let's not even talk ahead. about it. Let's keep him buried. Keep him buried. That's right. I give up on it. Whatever. Chris, aren't you excited to get back from vacation and find out that Nixon Zell's good now? All I know is I saw him running the bases like a ninka poop. Oh, my gosh. Listen, give the guy a break. He doesn't know what to do on the bases. He has not been on the bases. go the right direction. In like three years. <laughs> He did go counterclockwise, uh, which was a good start. <laughs> He's out of practice. Getting excited, oh, yeah. getting jazzed up out there. He got on base three times in the uh, the final game of the, of the uh, Mets series and thrown out on the bases twice. Uh, it just it was not good. It was just not good. One time, uh, as uh, Mike, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Papierski. He uh, he was trying to bunt for some reason. Papierski, Mike Papierski. Um, and, and since I was leaning too hard off second base and the catcher threw, I mean, it was just, it was, it's not good, but, but wait a minute, Nick, but Nixon's was good now. 442 average over the last 13 games. It's official. He's, the, he's good. This is what stinks about this team is they're so sorry. And they've got such a jumble of misfit toys on this roster that I'm not going to believe anything that I see this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the pitchers. Okay. Maybe, but I don't, I don't believe Brandon Drury is an all-star level infielder. I'm not going to believe anything I see out of Sinzel. If I haven't seen it before 2022, I'm going to have to see it again next year to believe it. I don't know why that is. I think it's just the whole thing. Like they're not, they're so clearly not trying that. I don't, I just don't believe anything I see. You guys are getting. You don't even believe Brandon Drury? I don't believe Brandon Drury. (laughs) I don't believe Scott. Brandon Drury's been good. Come on, Brandon Drury has been been good. good. So here's the thing: I give (laughs) no credit. I get no enjoyment out of anybody being very good on a team that's going to lose 115 games. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I can't take the silver lining that Donovan Solano hit a home run. Like, it, it just isn't enough. So, I'm looking at everything through a lens of, are these guys going to be good in some future day when the Reds decide to try and have a front office who's not a bunch of loons who are able to let them try? And I, I mean... I probably should be looking at like Joey Votto Jr. for this, but 
That's kind of that. So that's why I can't get excited about anything. Anybody who's playing well now won't be here when they're good again. These are the conversations we had, if you'll recall, uh, Chris, right here uh, in, you know, 2014 and 15. It's like the whole th- – you're just looking at who, which, which of these guys are going to be on the next good Reds team. And though, and, and it's not – Brandery's not going to be here on the next good Reds team. Uh, I'm glad he's having a good season, but he's not going to be here. You know, uh, the, the Kyle Farmer's not going to be here on the next good Reds team. Which guys have a chance to be here? There are very few of them. Not Nixon's Matt Reynolds, I mean, Albert like, Almora. It's 2015. We're like, oh, Todd Frazier is great. Guess what? Todd Frazier's 29. You know, they had Marlon Bird on that team. Brandon Phillips on that team. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. Uh, it, it's tough because – I don't know. I watch the I watch the stupid game just about every night, and I'm like, I hope they win. You know, I, it's on my screen, and I, I'd rather them win, even though I don't care anything about Matt Reynolds or Donovan Solano. Matt you know. Reynolds. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Maybe we just need to go all in and hope for that 115 losses. Maybe that's the enjoyment we can get out of this. But but the number of guys. I mean, if you look at this roster, and Nate, I'll ask you. How many of these guys have a legitimate chance of being around for the next good Reds team? On the offensive side, I, probably three, maybe four. If you if you have a utility guy in there, at the, the big league roster, India Stevenson and um, Sinzel, if if he can sustain any sort of just decency, we don't even need him to be He's great. Young enough to have point. a chance. If he can have a seven fifty to eight hundred OPS and play elite defensive center field, yeah, we'll take it. Um, as long as he quits trying to steal bases and. But yeah, I mean that's it, and we don't have any you know guarantees there. Tyler Stevenson yeah. has been you know beat up, often fluky, but still it's 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 happening. Jonathan India has only been good once, and we think he's going to be great, but he's been really really bad this year in a limited sample size. We can get as excited as we want to. We can uh, start you know pushing the uh, you know focusing the binoculars on 2024, but. There is very little guaranteed success in the system anywhere. I mean, when you look at this, there are two players under the age of 27 who've gotten any kind of at-bats for their – I guess three. T.J. Friedel got some at-bats, age 26. was terrible. I mean, it's Stevenson in India and a bunch of Drek – well, that's that's the thing is that um, there's some really good young arms, uh, you know, that we can project. But on the offensive side of the ball, they have I think that's like the third oldest offense, uh, you know, uh, offensive side of the ledger of any team in baseball. And is this a, this is a rebuilding quote unquote rebuilding team? I don't know. Yeah, there are there's enough pieces, double A, triple A, and young pieces in the major league. If you had a, a Theo Epstein or a Billy Bean or somebody that knew what they were doing, you could see, oh, in a couple of years, they, they really could build around this core and put together a good team. Nick Crawl, I mean, come on. Yeah. Here's what, here's Nick Crawl. Well, go oh, ahead. Good. No, I was just going to make a Jake Fraley joke. Oh, please do. <laughs> when we get Fraley back. Yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be perfect. <laughs> I, I, you know, I did what, what, what's Nick, Nick Crawl's job? 
to get players for the major league roster, right? Nick Crawl somehow. I mean, this is really impressive if you, if you think about it. Remember last year's bullpen? Worst bullpen in the history of the organization. He turned over the entire bullpen, and they got worse somehow. I mean, that's really impressive. I don't know how you make that bullpen even worse. They are legitimately. It's it's all new guys, and it, they're they're even worse. It's just it's it's again. If you're looking for reasons to be excited, man, that's it right there. Just watching the dazzling display of incompetence from Nick Crawl. It's it's, it's fun to watch. It's like you know watching a a, a tenu player trying to play uh, you know college baseball. He's out of his depth. Oh my gosh! What a bunch of just killing me. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. We're harsh and you're mellow. I know. Oh man, it's just been one of those weeks. Um, Did you see that Graham Ashcraft seems to have gotten a haircut? So I'm interested to see what that looks like underneath the cap. Kept it long in the back. Maybe a little business in the front party, the back situation. I mean, if you can't root for that, then I don't. I don't even know why you're watching at this point. I need to tell my son about that because he and his whole baseball team did that. You know, got the got the mullets before the before the district tournament. That didn't work out so well. Um, Tyler Malley shoulder strain, they say, but uh, they say he'll be back after the All Star break. That's good, I guess. Um, gosh, let's talk about the, the attendance again because that's what I wrote about this week at the uh, at the magazine and. Um, if you watch any of these games over the last week or last couple of weeks, you know, I, years ago I decided I'm never going back to Great American when the Cubs are in town because it's just blue shirts everywhere, and I just I can't deal with it. And uh, unlike someone here on the show, I don't have a have a son that wants to see the Cubs. So, but I'm watching the Braves and the Mets, especially that Braves series over July Fourth weekend, and it's. The place is packed with Braves fans. I've never seen anything like that. It's, uh, you know, uh, the, the percentage of Reds fans that are actually in the stand are fewer than I ever remember. And so I went and did the math. The Reds are averaging 17,800 uh, tickets per game, um, which is actually 23rd in baseball. It's, it's not all the way at the bottom. But um, the last time the Great American had no capacity limits was 2019 through 38 games. That was a last place team, too. They averaged uh, 21,500 fans per game. Uh, 500, 100, that's why we say it down south. Um, so 17.9% lower than attendance just three seasons ago. Last year, Independence Day weekend, the Reds had three home games. They drew nearly 36,000 fans per game. This year, 25,000. So it's... Um, uh, the way I the way I put it in my piece was uh, Reds fans are kind of taking Castellini up on his uh, challenge. Where are you going to go? Well, they found other places to go. Whether it's FC Cincinnati, who averaged more per game than, than Cincinnati by about like seven thousand more. That, per game. That's the but, one that blows my mind. When FC Cincinnati, who barely exists, <laughs> has yeah. more fans per game than the Cincinnati Reds on Fourth of July Saturday or weekend. Yeah, right. But they're you know what they're actually playing fairly well this year. Imagine that. Uh, but the, the Bengals, Reds had an eight-game eight homestand to start the month of June. So, you know, the, the, the long-standing kids are still in school excuse uh, was not there against the Nationals and the, the Phoenix Diamondbacks. They averaged 
14,600 human beings in the ballpark for an eight-game series against the Nationals in June. That's brutal. A serious question, though, that we don't have an answer to, but we can like, speculate. Well, what do we think that's doing inside uh, the ownership suite? I mean, Bob's asleep. He doesn't know what's going on, but, you know, um, how much heat is Phil getting? Because this, <laughs> a big part of this is on Phil. Um, I mean, you know, not the whole thing. The whole thing is that they tore the stupid team down and they're garbage, but Phil poisoned the well uh, early in the season, obviously. What do we think? The, what do we think the, the it's the mood is like in the Reds' ownership and front office? I wonder if they're even going to the games. I mean, I don't think there's anybody around them that would let them know how bad it is. So if they're not paying attention, if they're not, they they see on the Twitter. numbers though. They see the numbers. I mean, they get a report of how many people were there, how many hot dogs were sold, how many uh, cotton candies were had to be trashed. I mean. They they've got to be really worried, I think. Um, especially because I mean, unless things have changed a little bit for the other family businesses, because we've been told how much money they've lost and how dire their financial straits were. Thus, you know, you couldn't afford a sunny gray. Uh so if, if that was true, and I'm sure it was because they would never mislead us. I think they're probably pretty nervous. And I, I I mean, joking aside, I think they are pretty nervous because they see this thing is cir circling the bowl right now. They have to. I mean, they, they certainly have to. I mean, they're on pace right now to, to draw 1.4 million fans. Last time they uh, drew that few was 1984, which is really the low point, you know. And, and there's no yeah, that was only fixed by going and getting Pete Rose, the most famous and beloved player in the history of the franchise, and dragging him back out on the field and handing him the keys to the, the dugout. There's nothing they can do. That, that was going to be my, my question. What would you do if, if, you, if Phil Castellini says, I'm out, you're in charge, Chad, you're in charge, Nate, what do you guys do tomorrow? Apparently I'd bring back Pete Rose. <laughs> you know you know what you'd fill the ballpark up <laughs> sign that guy i mean uh, what but what what could you do at this point i mean maybe you know if you actually made a change yeah you could say well there's a new regime here i trade a couple guys i cut a couple guys and you maybe you you pull it off you know or maybe you get a dead count bounce but what if you're phil if you are phil what could you do can't give out more bobbleheads. Can't give the tickets away for free. My son got a Jeff Brantley bobblehead. He was like, "What is this?" <laughs> he said, "You want this, Dad?" I, said, I no, I don't want. I don't want that. Sorry. There's um, somebody on YouTube I mean, that does. Yeah, I like the cowboy, but come on. Um, they got a Mario Soto bobblehead coming up here soon for those of us of my generation. What would you do? It's a good question. I mean, what's gonna? What I wonder about is if they trade. Luis Castillo and or Tyler Malley, it's going to get even worse. I mean, can they, that, that's probably your best argument for why they won't do it because it's cratered so bad. What, what do you do if, I, if I'm Phil Castellini? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even like thinking about that. But, I mean, what can you do other than say, all right, um, I'm hiring Theo Epstein or, you know, again, somebody. I'm hiring somebody that knows what they're doing, and we promise 
We are completely putting up a wall between ownership and the baseball operations. I'm going to give Theo or whoever carte blanche to do whatever it takes to turn this franchise around um, and, and, and explain that to the fan base yeah, very clearly. That may be the only thing that, that, that they could do that I can think of. Otherwise, why would we believe a thing they say, anything they say? Uh, we have evidence going back to 2006 as to how they're going to act. There, there's no baseball to move they can make that I'm going to believe is a good move because they're the ones making it. Right. Like, I don't care what it is. You know, we're going to sign Tyler Stevenson to a 14-year deal. I'm going to think there's some dumb reason they did it. <laughs> you know? Or you're not going to trust they'll be able to put a team around him right. for the rest of that contract. It's like they, they have such a deep hole. And, and, and again, the fan experience at the ballpark is still good, I think. Sure. So they can't fix that. Sure. They can't put more craft beer in the concession stand. That's already done. They've got no cards to play. Really, Nate? What do you think? I mean, what 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 can they do short of selling the team, Bob? As we've been requesting, yeah, but I think you're right. It would be a, a full mea culpa. Um, say we're completely hands off. Um, we all know that's not going to happen. So the only other thing that they could do is put a winner out on the field because if the Reds are winning, people will start showing up. But that's only happened in six seasons since they've owned the club. <laughs> Give or take, yeah, six winning records well, that's, since like '98 or something. So I wouldn't hang my hat on them trotting out a winner sometime soon. Well, Anybody that keeps saying, "Well, look to look to 2024, we're going to be good." Look at these guys. Where where is the precedent? Where I mean, where in, in the Reds' past and Castellini's ownership? Can you look back and be like, "Okay, this is just like that," and then they were good. Again, yeah. there's and 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 right today, I mean. I guess in the off season they could spend a hundred million dollars on three or four free agents, top top of the line. My Mustakis baby. Oh gosh, Nate, come on! Not the best are, free agent signing in Reds history. Because oh ruined my mojo here. You got me. Dragging <laughs> down to your level. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is stout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's really nothing they can do. That's, that's so what, uh, yeah. What, what happens going forward? I, you know, I don't anticipate anything happening. I don't see them doing anything. Frankly, they're going to stay the course and I don't know. hope we forget. I don't, I really don't know. Yeah. I don't see, I guess that's a question. Do we see ownership making like drastic changes as a response to this? Most sports franchises would, this is, this is the bottom. They are bottoming out. And, and and we have there's no reason to expect they're going to be different. It's just a, it's such a weird. We're still talking they, about the team every week. What where are you going to go is something they legitimately believe and internalized. That wasn't a misstatement. Yeah, that's what they think. Okay, it's down to 1.4 million, but still 1.4 million for doing nothing. Yeah, for being about as bad at your job as you can possibly be. They're like a million people still came to see us. Look at that. They're celebrating. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're celebrating. I love it. Oh, man. Um, Guys, I don't know. I I wanted to talk about this piece that uh, Mark Sheldon wrote. Oh, is he still doing that stuff? (laughs) Yeah, he is. uh, (laughs) These seven reds could be moved by the deadline, but I I just don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about it. I just don't. I don't want to do that. 
if y'all want to, we can, but I, I just, I'm going to request that we move on to viewer mail. I, I don't want to talk about Mike Miner ever again. <laughs> well, you may not have much longer, although Mike Miner pitched great today. You only gave up, what, four runs or something? Good for him. Good yeah, job, really, Mike. You, you got to be happy for him. I mean, are we going to be the upset? If- like, sorry, the Reds are like one of those, uh, you know, youth teams where they're, where they're not real good. And so you get parents applauding like foul balls, good contact, and uh, you know, <laughs> good like eye. A, a pop up, like a, a ten foot in the air pop up to the pitcher that he catches. Like way to go, good play. That's how it feels right now. That's the way my parents used to cheer at my games. We just got to get India's elbow up. <laughs> get your elbow up. <laughs> oh, little league dads. Here, here's the the seven names. All right, the first two, obviously, are Castillo and Mali that could be traded by the trade deadline. The other five, I want to ask if any of you, if either of you will miss any of these guys if they're traded. Or if you'll even remember three years from now that these were Reds, okay? Uh, Mike Miner is one of them. <laughs> His uh, ERA of seven is going to have a lot of value out there. Brandon Drury, probably a probably a uh, all-star, but you know he was signed to a minor league contract. No, te- Literally no team wanted him before the season. Tommy Pham. Kyle Farmer, Tyler Naquin. I mean, trade them all, and the team probably won't be any worse. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, who watch cares? Drury, watch Drury make the all-star team, and then the Reds not trade him because he's their Because he's all-star. an all-star. And then he walks oh. for nothing. I hope uh, they trade him after he's named an all-star so there is no red in the – no red uniform in the game. That almost happened one time. Do you remember that? Yeah, the red was yeah. traded after being named. Do you remember who it was? Was it you Brett Boone? It was not. The relief pitcher, Jeff Shaw. Ooh, Jeff Shaw traded the Dodgers. I think someone, some red was named after that though. So there was a red in the in the game. But is Castillo a pitch in the All Star game? I, I'm guessing he probably comes up Friday. When is oh the All Star game? When is the All Star game? Is that next? That's not. next. That's two weeks, right? Tuesday. It can't be. I thought it was the 12th. I don't know. Somebody look that up. It's got to be the week after, right? That puts it pretty late. Oh, you're right. June 19th. June 19th. There we go. July 19th. Good. I'll be out of the country. Thank goodness. I want to watch that mess. (laughs) Um. Hey, viewer mail questions. We're going to answer some viewer mail questions because, man, there are some of these questions that aren't about the Reds, and so I'm eager to get to those particular questions. These questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. That's where you two can support the uh, the show and ask dumb questions. Patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. First question comes from Joe Farsing. Joe asks, what would be better, the current Reds bullpen or actual bulls attempting to retire hitters? I, I, you know, Joe, that's not your best work. I feel like you're getting dragged down by the season as well. I I always speak up for Farmers Night. Oh, actual cows. Nate, do you know about Farmers Night? That was, I do not. That was before your time. At at uh, in the Riverfront Stadium days, the Reds had a, a special night called Farmers Night, where uh, agricultural professionals from all around Reds country were encouraged to come to the game. And there were various uh, 
farming themed events, including a cow milking competition in the bullpens at Riverfront Stadium. I think I was I think I was there on a farmer's night and I saw Johnny Bench milking a cow. Bring it back. <laughs> don't con- don't start milking Mike Mustakas. We'll be good. Oh, e- oh no! Come on, Nate. Um, Chris, uh, you found out some good uh, some some uh, timely information about uh, about Jeff Shaw. Today's Jeff Shaw's birthday. Fifty six years birthday. young. Happy birthday, Jeff. Jeff Shaw is fifty six years old. I would have thought he was older. Yeah, I mean, he was must. I mean, he's got a kid who's like. About to have his career be done, right? <laughs> yeah, really. His, career, his son is a veteran. I don't, he may not be playing anymore. He may be out of the league. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jerry Siddhuth asked this question. What billboard social slash social media campaign are you planning if the Reds package Luis Castillo <laughs> in a salary dump trade, including uh, Moustakas? Is that the final straw for your interest, if not loyalty? Jerry, I got to tell you, we have now been talking about the Cincinnati Reds for 45 minutes on a random Thursday in July with the Reds on pace to have the worst record uh, in the history of the franchise after just a, a garbage offseason, an embarrassment one day after another, a n- new embarrassment. And yet we're still talking about them. I, you know, at this point, I just, I'm not going to predict that I'm ever going to be out on this team. And it makes me sad. I want to be out. This is not the way to build a, uh, build a podcast, Nate. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're here. We we're trying to. We, most weeks we try to have fun. Not really here. Are you guys going to be out ever? I want to be out. If that happens, I say we just do a live podcast, bust out a bottle of bourbon, and see if we can make this actually the most world's most dangerous podcast. I I'm already <laughs> pretty much out, guys. You listen to my <laughs> my familiarity with this team right now. I'm. I'm borderline not even a Reds fan anymore. So I don't, I, I get in some ways, I don't know that it makes much difference if they get rid of uh, Castillo for me. I'm already gone. But, Cast- but Castillo's good. He's good. Good for him. <laughs> joins many people who used to be good on the Reds. Oh, man. This is just that. Uh, we've gone off the rails, Nate. I'm this sorry. This is tough. This is tough. <laughs> Next question from Joey Joey Gaditza. What are the chances of any current or past Reds joining us on a Zoom hangout? Now, I, I will say this. Uh, that has actually been one of the, uh, the the highlights of this season so far. We started uh, every once in a while doing a hangout with the Patreons. You know, we'll, we'll get on Zoom. We'll just watch a part of a Reds game together and laugh. And that was actually been fun, haven't they, Nate? Yeah, have a great time. We talk about it. Often, misery does love company, and uh, anybody that's willing to commit to watching these games at this point in the season, I mean, some shared trauma there, it's worth hanging out with. As far as major league players, I mean, we might be able to get Carlos from Late Night Red Stock to come join us. (laughs) You can just get some random guy and just say that he's Mike Papierski. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to know. Hey, I'm going to get uh, Let's get the guy that plays to come join us. Get the guy that plays Tiger Woods and Donovan McNabb in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Come on, that's Dimitri Young. (laughs) We'd like to welcome Art (laughs) Warren to the podcast. (laughs) That's true. There's so many players from the last five years. 
that no one would know if we just said it was we just bring on a random guy, bring my buddy Ken. <laughs> hey, this is uh, you know, this is uh, God, I can't even think of now one of these obscure reds, but I do have something to show uh, you all though. Let me let me just pull this up here. Look at this, it's farmer's night. Robert <laughs> just went and found that and, and sent it to us. This is farmer's night. Now, who are these players? I, I don't reckon, know. Uh, they're going to be on next it's, time, it's next not, week's the Zoom hangout. These two guys. <laughs> it's like nine nine. I'm thinking. Probably, yeah. Uh, maybe Scott um, Sullivan. Uh, that doesn't look. Uh, what are those numbers? Fifty three. Fi 41, Forty-one and fifty-three. 53 yeah. No, it's Tom Seaver. Is that? It's <laughs> Tom Seaver. Now, is that is that Marge Shot on? No, no, wait a minute. That's a, that's a cow. Marge Shot is definitely in the, these pictures. <laughs> oh, there's some uh, young lady that they're behind. Whoever this player is, it's really uh, really enjoying herself. I don't know what the anyway. She's there we go. I'm. Farmer's Night's sorry, a, I gotta get rid of that. popular event. <laughs> Farmer's yeah. Night was, I was never there for Farmer's Night, but they did it every single year. I mean, all the way back. You saw the pictures all the time, you know. Every single year, Farmer's Night. Uh, Why don't they do something I, like that? I no. believe number 41 is Ron Valone. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. That looked like Ron Valone, I believe. <laughs> the old lefty. Well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably Ron Valone. Who's 53 that year? Is he milking left-handed? <laughs> Probably. Or it could be Chris Reitzma. Chris Reitzma also wore 51. Mm. And no, it's 41. I, Jim Brower was 43, 43, but I have no idea. Now, I don't think that's Brower. I have an actual memory of Jim Brower. That guy looks like a, a bat boy or a bullpen catcher yeah. or something. I don't know. It's a very young Nick Crawl. <laughs> Nate, you've learned about uh, Farmer's Night tonight, if nothing else, all right? This is pretty exciting. You know what? If, if, again, if you're going to be garbage, bring back Farmer's Night. You know, I was there one uh, one year. They used to, before the game, they did it every year, but they would have uh, a game, like a father-son slash daughter game before the game. And I saw Deion Sanders' son speed down the first baseline faster than I could have run, and he was like five years old. <laughs> you know, bring back stuff like that. You know, let bring back Billy Bates. And let him uh, race against an aged cheetah. You know, I just not? think that exactly. you, you try to do you try to do farmers' night. Peta is going to be up in arms for cru cruelty to animals, <laughs> making them watch the Reds. You just can't do it. <laughs> oh, uh, see, they can do farmers' night now. I just, though. I'm just looking at these. I'm just looking at a headline here. In 1979, farmers' night was standing room only. Well, the Reds were first place in 1979. They won the division that year. They were playing the Cubs, and it was standing room only. They'd have Farmer's Night now, and they would just retire Kyle Farmer's jersey number. <laughs> It'd be 2022 Farmer's Night. While he's still playing, I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, Thomas Dennis. Thomas is our old buddy out in uh, Montana. Thomas says, I know the viewers are incredibly anxious to hear Billings Mustangs updates from one of the old farm team. Did you know that Jim Riggleman is managing in Billings? I wonder how long after he took the job, he found out they're not actually in the Reds farm system anymore. 
And then is the current Reds coaching staff underrated, overrated, or exactly rated? So anyway, good. Thanks for the Jim Riggleman update. I know we were all wondering where Jim Riggleman was <laughs> these days. Maybe the one of the he's one of the ten worst Reds managers of the last ten years, um, including all the rest. Let me ask before I get to the second part of the question. I want to ask Chris a question because Chris and I uh, whined about this a good bit. Would you have thought back in 2013? that we would be nearly a decade later and be sort of uh, pining for the days of Dusty Baker and realizing that he's by far the best Reds manager, I don't know, since Lou or since Davey Johnson probably. Yeah, it's interesting. And then I I, de- I mean, at the time Dusty left, I didn't – I had gotten to the point where I didn't think Dusty was bad. I didn't think Dusty was the reason the team was bad. Right. I just kind of felt like – he'd kind of run his course in Cincinnati and they needed a different person. But, uh, so I, I had kind of come around on him a little bit, but obviously now, I mean, I don't know that he makes this team any better, but. No, but have they had a manager since that was better than, I mean, I know you, I know you're a big time, uh, as the kids would say, big, big uh, Brian Price stand. Yeah. Big, big (laughs) Brian Price. I don't know. Anyway, the Reds coaching staff, is it uh, underrated, overrated, or exactly right? I mean, it's just, it's rated. I mean, I don't, you know, I think Derek Johnson's good. The rest of them, I think Derek Johnson's good. The rest of them, I don't, I don't know. Nate, what do you think? I don't think anybody rates them at all. Who cares? Nobody's you know even talking about it. You know what's funny about Derek Johnson? They hired him away from Milwaukee, right? They did. And that was the idea. Hey, we got this guy. He's made Milwaukee's pitchers, all these great pitchers up there. Now we're going to have Milwaukee still has great pitchers. They still just turn over rocks and get like great pitchers every year. So I don't know if if Derek Johnson was the reason they were doing that or not. Well, I don't know. He he, he seems to have a good reputation. What I was going to say is that um, it kind of maybe it's uh, something like uh, the old Jim Bowden uh, Don Gullet days. Don Gullet had a great reputation, supposedly, of turning around guys, and so Jim Bowden would go out and get every look under every rock and sign the Pete Shuricks of the world and hope that Don Gullet could turn them around. And we're going back a little ways for some of you, you kids, but um, whereas you know what Milwaukee does have a competent front office. They don't spend more money than the Reds but they have a competent front office. So maybe, maybe that's the key rather than just having a, a magical pitching coach that can turn Pete Shurik into, uh, you know, a, a princess. <laughs> Nate, uh, when we get day. finished. I'm having, having a good day today. <laughs> Plus, we podcast finished. day. Let's hang out. Hang out with your brother. I haven't seen Chris Garber in a while. It's going to be a blast. Don't pour a drink because you won't need it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I feel I feel guilty because we, we do try to have fun every week. And this week, I don't know, it kind of boiled over. Kyle Kapler asks this. Uh, again, this is at patreon.com slash riverfrontcency. Out of the three young starting pitchers, I presume he means uh, Mike Miner and who else? Out of the three young starting pitchers, obviously Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and... Graham Ashcraft, who is the best at throwing the speedball by you? Longtime listeners of the show will know that uh, that Kyle's mocking me at this point for my anti-Bruce Springsteen stance. It's Hunter Green, obviously, right? 
He can let it go. Make it look like a fool. <laughs> Boy. I wish it went by them more than it went over the fence. Yeah, really. That yeah, velocity. Yeah. We love although I tell you, uh, you know, again, uh Nickel Dolo the other night. <laughs> he wasn't throwing the speedball by him necessarily. But man, he was he, I don't know if it was slop or what it was, but his slider, I guess it was a slider. Um my goodness. I mean, he was making some people look silly. So I'm I'm excited to watch him going forward. Hooper Powell. No, no, Clay Christian first. Nate's uh, buddy Clay Christian. I know Joseph Daniel Votto is number one in our hearts, but where does he rank on the list of best MOB first baseman of all time? Let me ask you this question. Because I did a little bit of research for the first time in the history, all 432 episodes of this show. I did a little bit of research. Where would you guys guess? If you're looking at every first baseman in the history of Major League Baseball, and uh, we're going to cut it off at they had, they played 70% of their games at first base. Any player that played 70% of the games at first base and overall career wins above replacement, where would you put Joey Votto? Where do you think he ranks in baseball history? So wins above replacement is a counting stat. It is. Right? It is. Is that your final answer? 33rd. Chris says 33rd. Um, Nate, what do you say? I would have said top 20, top 25 maybe. I think I would have said 25. Complete guess. Yeah, that would have been my guess, 25 or so. The correct answer is, of all first basemen in history, and and when we're calling first baseman, those who played at least 70% of their career games at first base, Joey Votto is number 10, tied for 10th of all, all time. Tied with Willie McCovey. Yeah. Here are the ones ahead of him. Number nine. It really is. It it blew my mind. Number nine, uh, Eddie Murray. And Joey Votto could catch him uh, at some point. Uh, Number eight, Johnny Mize. Number seven, I didn't see this one coming, Rafael Palmero. Mm. Number six, Dan Brothers, 1879 to 1904. So if we're just post-1900, actually, Joey Votto moves up to um, seventh, by the way. Um, number five, Jeff Bagwell. Number four, someone named Roger Connor. Number three, Jimmy Fox. Number two, Cap Anson. And number one, Lou Gehrig. And Lou Gehrig far and above uh, anyone else. So if we're just talking post-1900, maybe I should have done that. Joey Votto, number seven in career war for first baseman. I don't know. That's That's amazing. It really surprised me. I can't believe it. I mean, I guess there's probably guys who you think of as first baseman who, like, what about Albert Pujols? Is he just didn't play enough games there? I don't know. He must not have played seventy. Maybe, maybe because of the time with the Angels, he played uh, enough at DH that he didn't qualify. Maybe, yeah. You'd think Pujols would be there because he certainly has more. I don't know. I just did a quick search, and so Joey Waters, the seventh best first baseman of all time, Clay. That's the correct answer. Boom. He's no Pete Rose, though. <laughs> Hooper Powell. Hooper, uh, listen, you know you know, we love you, man, but you're asking us to talk about the rest of the season with the Reds, and it's really – we don't have it. You've discovered we don't want to do that. With the trade deadline looming and possible trades of Malley, Castillo, and don't – how dare you? Resurgent Mike Miner. Don't you suggest Mike Miner might get traded? He's just coming into his own. 
Um, and with the like innings the limitation, he's resurgent. He's surged. He's plenty surgeon. <laughs> he's he's surgeon. <laughs> Never not surgeon. <laughs> he's unsurgent. Also, the lim- uh, what we presume will be innings limitations for Green, Ashcraft, and Odola. Who will be eating up innings? I mean, I think the answer to that question is, who cares? Ron if we're trying to lose 115 games, who cares? Neither of you Jeffrey Hoffman. Not. Jeffrey Hoffman. Tonight's starting pitcher, <laughs> Jeffrey Hoffman. Where are we right now? Actually, the game started. How's Jeffrey Hoffman doing? Did it start already? Oh, it's... Uh, I think so. Zero zero top John, of the first. So what what about John Moscott? Is he available? <laughs> I bet Pete Shirk's still available. So uh John Hey, this is a family podcast, Chris. I, I pray, you know, I, I've had a, a lot of exciting times in my life. I've had, you know, married, two kids, you know, I've had great days in my life. Um, successes professionally, things like that. But I think the happiest day of my life was the day that John Kutlangas followed me on Twitter. <laughs> John Kutlangas. I remember Colonel Angus. I'm saying that live. Colonel Angus. Yeah. No. That old carpet bagger. Oh gosh, we have really gone off the rails. All right, Rich Thompson. Yeah, two more questions that we got to get out. Rich Thompson, I'm wrapping up a multi-day, multi-day cycling adventure in Vermont where I've covered close to 150 miles and have climbed over 6,000 feet in elevation. Dang. Definitely one of the more challenging... Sorry, I had to gear myself up. Rich asks long questions. Definitely one of the more challenging things I've done both physically and mentally at this point in my life. However, I still feel that standing in the box against a pitcher that throws 90 plus miles an hour and getting a hit off him is equally challenging, if not harder. So in your opinion, which is harder successfully hitting a 90-plus mile-per-hour fastball or biking multiple days in the mountains at high altitude. Rich, I can't do either. So, I, you know, they're both impossible. That's my answer. They're both equally impossible. I'm going with cycling, Rich. I did a overnight cycling trip once in my life, and I swore I would never get on a bicycle again. <laughs> I, so I, have a, I bought a bicycle. Buddy. I bought a bike a few years ago. I thought I was going to do this. But uh, by the way, I have a bike in my garage if anyone wants to purchase it. <laughs> Where you big biker, Chris? Shorts. <laughs> Chris, you big biker? I, I'm not, not a big. I've got a bicycle. But uh, wh- where I live, I, I'm not one of those guys who's going to ride it out on a real road with, like, cars buzzing past and, a, you know, stuffed into a tight shirt so uh i don't really ride it much i gotta put the bike on the back of the car to take it somewhere to, to ride it around so <laughs> i want to get yeah, a that's what kind of you know the, the 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 spandex or whatever yeah that's that's why i just i couldn't i couldn't do it i, just, I just i don't no one needs to see that see, i'm all about the outfit i just i just didn't get the bike i just walk around town gloves short little biker <laughs> shorts tight shirt do they still have the hats? Do they still have the little painter's caps with the little flipped up? Oh, I don't know. A little Mars Blackman. Let us know <laughs> next week, Rich. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Uh, uh, one last question before we do that. I, I have to mention this before I forget because I will forget in the next two minutes. Chris, you met some royalty last week, did you not? I well, you did. Didn't, you didn't meet royalty, but you were in the presence of royalty. I waved. 
I was uh, a visitor at the Dollywood uh, theme park Ooh. in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we were fortunate enough that uh, Dolly herself made an appearance at the park that day. One of apparently only happens once or twice a year, but she was paraded through the park and all of us lined the streets and made signs and had fans that said, I love Dolly that we waved. <laughs> she, uh, she's something else, but she looks just like, just like on the TV. It's a little she's lady a national treasure. She's something that's a great place to go. If you like roller coasters, you like theme parks, you like any kind of thing like that. That's I highly recommend it. Super underrated. Yeah, it's kind of a punchline, you know, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Sevierville, wherever. But uh, that's a that's a really it is an underrated park if you and I do like roller coasters. Turkey legs yeah. bigger than your head, man. They do. Did you get a turkey leg, Chris? I didn't, but I saw some kid gnawing on one. The whole family <laughs> gnawing on that bad boy. Now this kid was not going to let anybody else get between him and his turkey leg. He was going to town on it. Now, uh, Chris, you, you sent me a picture of uh, of Dolly, and then you noted that uh, after you saw Dolly, you were going out searching for wood. Did you did, did you find some <laughs> yeah, wood? Right. Well, I was confused <laughs> as to – I thought there was a partnership between Dolly and someone else running the place. <laughs> oh, that man. Good that, dad that, joke, though. Yeah, that was a great one. I loved it. Uh, phrasing. All right, last question from Charlie Browning. Nothing to do with uh, with the Reds baseball, so thank you, Charlie. What are your thoughts on where you'd like to see Ooh, Virginia good. end up in all this college expansion? As a Kentucky fan slash alum, I'd like to see UVA and UNC join us in the Southeast. It's a lot of a lot of upheaval in college sports uh, recently with uh, some, some of those teams from out west uh, deciding they're going to join the whatever that conference is. And now every conference is going to end up being two conferences, the big the BIG and the uh, SEC. They're going to be two 30-team conferences. It's going to be like – so anyway, there was some news today that uh, uh, North Carolina and Virginia, my alma mater, the, uni the University of Virginia, uh, in talks with the Southeastern Conference. And here's what conference I want Virginia to be in, the old nine-team ACC, where they were when I was in school there. Bring Maryland back. Get rid of Virginia Tech and Miami. Get and rid of Florida State. State. Oh, get rid of all those. Boston College, Pitt, that's what I want. But it's not going to happen. The ACC's done. Virginia's going to be somewhere else. And I'm uh, to the extent that I care about college sports anymore. I, I wish it weren't going to happen, but I don't know who cares anymore. They're all getting paid and I don't mind them getting paid. They deserve to get paid, but it's just, it's not what it was uh, growing up. I, I don't know. I miss the days when, I don't know. I'm, it's maybe raging at cl clouds, I guess, but I don't know. The college game these days is not that much, not that interesting, not as interesting as it used to be guys. Go ahead. Nope. Couldn't care less. I don't care where they go. <laughs> where do you want uh, the Ohio University to go? Uh, buddy, I am. They're in the best place they could be. There's no place better than the Mid-American Conference. Maction is where it's at. Maybe that's where Virginia is. UVA is welcome to join. If they think they can hang with, with Bowling Green and Kent. They're welcome. UVA's, baseball, what team, UVA's baseball team could have joined the NL Central this season and Done a better job than the Reds. Yeah, fair That's, thanks for bringing it back to the Reds. But uh, I will ask Chris, what happened the last time Virginia played Ohio uh, in basketball? Do you remember that game? I do remember that game, and the, the Bobcats were triumphant. They were. They were. 
Hey, uh, Luis Castillo's good. Hey. Joey Votto is a top <laughs> 10 first baseman of all time. Grandmaster Craft got a haircut. <laughs> Big things <laughs> happening in Cincinnati. Oh, Chris, do you have any final thoughts? I'm done. <laughs> Chris is retiring every, from Reds fandom. I've had I've added Nate, a lot of value here. I'm thinking my work is done. <laughs> Nate, final thoughts. Uh, uh, don't let all of these smiles and laughs fool you. I am tortured inside. That was brutal. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that was it's always fun talking to you guys and. You know, we, we got to stick together. That's, that's kind of all we have. And the march for 102 losses is on in full effect. We can do it. Just rally together. Lead this Let's team do this. to an epic number of losses. Let's go. Oh, let's do this. Nate, I'm sorry that uh, Chris and I dragged you down a little bit. Uh, that, <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. But this is uh, the Riverfront episode number 452. You can uh, find us wherever you get your audio podcasts. We've always been there for all 432 episodes. Go to your podcast app, iTunes, wherever you get Apple Podcasts. We're there. Search for the Riverfront. We'll be there. Always going to be free every Friday morning that's uh, released out to you. We're also now on YouTube, youtube.com slash Riverfront Sensi. Go like, smash that subscribe button, uh, you know, whatever, if you want to. Uh, uh, the, the thing you really need to do is go to patreon.com slash riverfront because we actually are having a really good time there. Slack channel, the Zoom uh, hangouts. And then, of course, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. Um, guys, this was actually fun. I, I, good good hanging out with you guys again. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Go, go Reds. For Chris Garber, for Nate Dotson, and for some guy that was in a picture milking a cow... This is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone.